coming up on the Magnificently Huge podcast. How much Marvel could a Ms. Marvel Marvel if a Ms. Marvel could Captain Marvel? Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crap all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. I said captain, I said what? He said captain, I said what? Oh, hey, listener. Welcome to another rousing episode of the Magnificent Huge Podcast. Thank you for listening. This is Chris. This week, along with Eric and Brian, we're going to talk about the 21st feature film from Marvel Studios uh, in a long line of other feature films from Marvel Studios about heroes and things. This one's called Captain Marvel, starring Brie Larson as uh, the most powerful hero in the entire universe. And she's going to be kicking ass all over Thanos in the Avengers movie. Uh, how do we know this? Because this one is a prequel. It's set in the 1990s. So that's an added dose of fun. It's also got Samuel L. Jackson as an early iteration of Nick Fury when he still had two eyes. So find out how Nick Fury loses his eye. That's fun. And then it's also got Goose the Cat stealing the show. And if you don't like Goose the Cat, then you're dead inside. That's pretty much all there is to it. Uh, we have thoughts on it. Did it all work? Maybe. Did some of it not? Maybe. You'll just have to listen and find out. But uh, we do definitely talk about it. Captain Marvel. If you like what you hear, send us an email to magnificentlyhuge@gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners. Thoughts, feedback, comments, jokes, recipes, whatever. We love to get everything that you can send us. And we appreciate it all the time. Uh, you can also head over to our Twitter feed, at MagHuge. We would invite you to follow along there, share all our posts and things. We're also on Facebook, Magnum is a Huge Podcast, same thing there. Uh, follow us, uh, share us, etc. We're on uh, Instagram as well. Or you can head over to our website, MagHuge.com. That's got show archives, uh, new shows. It's got links to how to find us, uh, and then also where to listen to the show if you don't uh, want to listen to it there. So we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, etc. So yeah, go ahead and uh, find us, rate us, review us, share us, and we thank you in advance. So without further ado, uh, on with the show about Captain Marvel. Higher, further, faster. Welcome to the Magnificent Huge Podcast. We're doing Captain Marvel. How's everybody today? You ready? Uh, higher, further, faster, baby. Marvelous. <laughs> Marvelous. Was that was that good energy, Eric? You've been bitching. That was great about that. energy, my man. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, okay. I feel the need. The need for drive Captain through Marvel. speed. Yeah, drive through <laughs> speed. speed. No one's gonna get that. That's <laughs> under our age. Uh, fucking Taco Bell Does anybody under our age listen to this podcast? (laughs) We're the only ones that listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah. No, no. We've got listeners now. I've I've seen tweets and stuff from people going, oh, hey, I like your show, eh? That's amazing. Uh, We have a Canadian listener, according to Eric. One. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's actually, uh, thank you, Brian. Let's get the perfunctory introductions out of the way so everybody knows uh, who we are. Uh... Who'd like to go first? You're Chris. <laughs> yeah, I'm Chris. I'm your de facto host this week. Thank you. Uh, you're, you're Brian. And then, oh, you're right. I am. Yeah, that's Brian. And, and then uh, over there's Eric. Hey, Eric. I am. Indeed. 
Nice. So we have convened Yay. To, today to discuss the 21st release in the Marvel Cinematic Universe of films. Because it's cinematic, which is why it's a film. Uh, is that how that works? Yeah. But can you believe this? The Captain Marvel's the 21st movie that they've done since 2009. I assure you no film was involved in Captain Marvel. <laughs> Shut yeah. your ass. Shut your ass. <laughs> now you're going to tell me they weren't be even... a spoiler-filled episode, everybody, yeah, by so the way. Yeah, so be prepared. This shit is spoiled! And statistically, you've probably already seen it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, by the time we actually push this into the world and uh, let everybody hear it, it'll have two weekends under its belt. So I think if you haven't seen a movie like this after two weekends, then you deserve to get it spoiled. And then I'm pretty sure the shock troopers are coming to your house <laughs> yeah, to really. find you and drag you to the theater. Yeah. Uh, so before we actually get to hardcore spoiling, why don't we just go straight to, would you recommend it? Uh, yeah. I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't in love with it. I liked it more than I thought, but I didn't know anything about Captain Marvel going in. I was pretty much a blank slate on purpose because I didn't want to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, I don't think I've really been super thrilled by a Marvel movie since Thor Ragnarok. Uh, that's right. a high watermark for me, so that's a tough hurdle. But I liked it, you know? It How about you, fun. Brian? Um, this one is kind of right down the middle for me. It, in terms of MCU movies, I put it kind of somewhere between Ant-Man and Doctor Strange. That's fair. Um, I think that the script doesn't hold up to any scrutiny whatsoever. <laughs> None. <into> that. None. <laughs> but that's part of what I liked about it. See, what... Because it's set in the 90s, so to me, when I walked out, I just thought, man, that is the best 90s action movie I've ever seen made in the 21st century. Mm. That was pretty much uh, my feeling. They even had the, the, the subway. They even yeah. had the subway that <laughs> ran, like, what, five miles? Yeah. Yeah, like the, the, the L.A. train yeah. that, yeah, did nothing. <laughs> yeah. Eric, what was your, what was your sort of high-level read? I'm, I'm kind of of the same mind. It was, you know... Uh, a pleasant romp that wasn't too uh, aggravating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like it as much as I, I measure all these Marvel movies against the first Iron Man, and yeah. it did not touch that at all. But uh, it wasn't bad. No, it's. Uh, I don't know that there's a bad movie in the MCU. Honestly, like they are remarkably. Above average. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you'll see too many people singing the praises of Thor the Dark World. I I'm one like, of them. Yeah, I, I, I like Thor like the it. Dark World. The more I see it, the more I like it. But that's beside the point. Well, right. do, do you have any just overall beef with this movie uh, as sort of a lead-in to it? My, my big problem, it's not so much with the movie as it is uh, uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, I think... If I had never watched that, I would have enjoyed this more because really? it, it, it basically Captain Marvel feels like yet another sort of dopey character that 
does a walk-on part on Agents of Shield, <laughs> like when the, yeah. when Lady Sif came on for that. Yeah, yeah, okay. I I haven't watched it in like I gave up a long ass time ago, but yeah. it feels yeah. like there was always some Cree or some Skrull or some uh, uh, Inhuman showing up yeah. and uh, begging me to care. And I was like, this is following all of those tropes, so it's tough. I would agree with that because did were you either of you bothered by the fact that this was the first origin story that really cannot stand on its own at all? I mean, it's not even possible to set this one up on its own. It fails as an origin story. By yeah. the end of it, she she suddenly knows what her powers are. There, but there's been none of the origin story set up to say. I learned how to use my powers. I failed using <laughs> yeah. my powers. I have the slightest up. damn idea what my powers are. Yeah. No, she's just like, hey, tell him I'm coming for him because somehow I know that I can fly faster than light without a ship, <laughs> yeah. which I've never done. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it, it sort of de- defies, even for the the Marvel Universe, it sort of defies some of the ground rules. But it, well, but it's wanna, having I wanna, fun. I want to give you my beef, though, Chris. I have, I, I have several. But okay. you said, do we have a beef? And boy, do I have a beef! All right. So the whole '90s setting nostalgia thing, right? There's ridiculous numbers of on-the-nose needle drops, and of course, like all yeah. nostalgia, they pull the stuff that wasn't really popular, yeah. right? We're not listening to Belle Biv DeVoe in this movie. No, we're listening to Nirvana. Yeah. But here's the thing: the lead character doesn't remember any of that stuff Thank has you. no connection <laughs> yeah. to any of the nostalgia in this movie i had the exact same problem and particularly yeah. when in near the uh, in the final act when they you know drill down into her memories and the the drop is nirvana playing yeah that's mm-hmm. and on a on a record player no less so they're not even saying this isn't the filmmakers deciding to put this in no 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 she knows this song like from where she left in 1989 exactly I mean, yeah but it's but it's a literal needle drop so let's give him that why don't no we? it just doesn't <laughs> like i said well, no scrutiny at all like, well this mm, is the thing that's really basic well that's a good no, lead into I would, I would also like to point out, though, that the, I mean, the other possibility that popped into my mind on this subject in uh, Wonder Woman, it's World War One, and in the towns, so some somebody has for some reason a, a a phonograph player, and they're playing La Vie en Rose, and uh, she wasn't, she wasn't, uh, I can't remember that singer's name, but uh, yeah, she wasn't even born yet. In World War One, that's like a World War Two song. They're playing in World War One, and they were just like, "Nah, fuck it. Nobody will notice. Nobody will care." Nah, whatever. It's possible they're going, "Yeah, Nirvana." You know, they were around well, in the eighty nineties. Well, I was I was gonna be pedantic and look up the release year for all the songs. Oh, but I did. They all pretty much slot in before ninety five, so I just didn't bother. Yeah, I I did it. Yeah, because the movie itself is set in ninety five, and so I think. The latest release in their soundtrack is uh, Connection by Elastica, and that came out in 95. Yeah, um, but so I, they pulled so, that out. So yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a problem also with the songs generally being too, uh, what, too in the wrong period for the film. It's that she wasn't in pop culture yeah. after right. 1989. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she shouldn't care about any of that stuff. 
Mm-hmm. She doesn't, I mean, okay, fine. She kind of should know who Nine Inch Nails are because 1989, like, you just kind of squeeze that in under the wire. And right. But this but, is the thing. She's wearing that Nine Inch Nails t-shirt, and they don't play any fucking Nine Inch Nails music in the entire movie. Were you bothered where, by that? When was there a white Nine Inch Nails t-shirt in the world? <laughs> this, well, this is the funny thing. If you look this up... Uh, the guy who designed the Nine Inch Nails logo actually bitched about this on Twitter because he says you can tell that it's a bootleg because the box around Nine Inch Nails is too thin because it's supposed to be it's all supposed to be the, th- the same thickness. So basically, she's walking around in a bootleg Nine Inch Nails shirt. Well, she in fairness, she took it, it off from, a street uh, mannequin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Street so, mannequin in, in L.A. It's yeah. I'm sure it's like some Korean, you know grocery store or something she's stealing it from right yeah or racist yeah <laughs> this shit is racist this shit is racist that's racist that's racist <laughs> thank, you, Chris. thank you you found it uh so yeah Ay, but just but just the fact that the the soundtrack is all primarily uh girl bands or girl fronted bands uh i oh, guess yeah. i mean it's like yeah we get it okay i but I didn't mind. Th- I guess I didn't mind that though, because I like all those songs. They were really on the nose, yeah. though. Yeah, they were. It was yeah, good, but any excuse to hear garbage. <laughs> I I do not disagree with that. Yeah. Garbage owns. I'm only happy when it rains. You wanna hear about my new obsession? I'm riding high up on a deep depression. I'm only happy when it rains. Yeah, but. But they were way too literal. And, of course, they yeah. were always the song that did get played on the radio. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So, soundtrack dispensed, unless we have any other thoughts on that. But it was sort of a uh, full-on nostalgia trip. It was sort of like watching Boogie Nights doing all the 70s tracks. It was sort of that feel. It's just sort of, hey, we know this one. Here you go. And then, <laughs> boom. You know what I mean? Essentially, the way The Simpsons would have done uh, Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, we're in the 90s now. Here's some more of that rockin' 90s jam. <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you what, though. Apparently, we way underestimated the technological prowess of wired payphones. Yeah. Because, fuck, you could send holograms across the galaxy with yeah, that with, shit? with a Game Boy and some chewing gum. The world is yours. We suck at technology. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Was that your other beef? Oh, no, no. <laughs> the My, intergalactic I, phone call? <laughs> no. And you know, she, it's not that she's super intelligent either. She was just on another planet. It, it, I, did she have all that time to become a doctorate in, like, freaking with a phone? Yes. It was part of her Navy SEALs training in space. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> now, my biggest beef, Chris, was, was with people just being able to, to know shit that there's no way they could have known. How yeah. did anybody know how to fly that Quinjet? <laughs> That's a yes or no question. Why would any of them have flown it out of the atmosphere? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, how did how did the the scrolls know '90s slang? Yeah, like it just at at every level, nothing is earned in this movie. Yeah. It's just yeah. like. Well, you and, just got to go along for the ride. Well, and in tandem with that is that because technically it's a prequel, in the, it's like the first prequel in the Marvel Universe, I guess, unless you count Captain America First Avenger. Uh, sure. It's just there's no stakes. Like, none. I didn't feel at any point in time that there was going to be any sort of failure on her part because you know she's coming back for Avengers Endgame. So, sort of, eh. 
I guess I did, I, mm. I did think it was interesting, though, the way they made it uh, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and you didn't really know which side you were on. Yeah. If you've never watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's another thing. It's like you, you kind of know the score if you've watched the show. Yeah. It's, it was Cowboys and Indians, right? You know? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Well, it, and this will get... I, we can get into it a little later, but I sort of... Watching the movie just started keeping a running tally in my head of all of the 80s, 90s movies that it cribbed from to, oh, okay. to cobble this story together. I didn't go this angle. Go. Mm. Uh, so it starts out, it's very Navy SEALs. She's on the elite team, and then they get fucked up uh, and have to go do their thing. So that's literally right out of Charlie Sheen and Navy SEALs, which I thought was sure. weird. Uh, then they're doing the whole Terminator 2 thing, but instead of uh, her being sarah connor she's basically kyle reese and sam jackson is nick fury is sarah connor and so they got to figure out this whole thing and then it, and then that kind of falls apart uh there's the top gun stuff obviously with the sure. piloting and then goose the cat the flurkin uh okay. oh when nick fury gets his eye clawed he actually says mother flurkin yeah that that's what he says i well, uh, yeah yeah and I'll yeah. get to that in a minute because, uh, well, I'll just do it now. The the Nick Fury eye gag, because he's got both his eyes when this thing starts, and then they keep teasing it out. Like, oh, is this where he loses his eye? It's just like Crispin Glover's arm in Hot Tub Time Machine. Yep, that's exactly I mean, it's the it same is. damn joke. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. But less interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's that. Then there's the alien Ripley references, obviously because of the cat, but then, you know, the space stuff. Uh, there's the weird buddy comedy thing like lethal weapon um and then there's all like like the memory loss stuff actiony born identity kind of thing so mm. it's just like all these movies that they're pulling from that you're familiar with to kind of just cobble it together into this weird frankenstein i uh, i submit to you though that action movies of today are so unoriginal anyway that they are also all cribbing from these same sources it's yeah, just that but they, usually they I don't actually cat set in the '90s, and so it's a little more recognizable, I think. Yeah, well, that's why it, I said when I walked one of out. My, one of my most irritating '90s movie tropes, though, the noisiest lights turning on ever. <laughs> There's that scene in the stacks, and they just do it yeah. over and over. <laughs> 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 lights don't make that sound. Movies, yeah. stop it. Uh, so yeah, but. Here's the thing. So you you both are familiar with Captain Marvel, I presume, leading into this movie. Mm, not yeah. as much as Eric is. So, um, so I had, I mean, and I think we had this chat over our uh, chat room thing uh, that I had no idea until like this weekend that Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel were effectively the same, mm-hmm. just rebranded. I had no idea. And then I looked into it, and Captain Marvel is actually from DC before they lost the rights, and that's actually Shazam. So then the whole yeah. thing is really twisted and turned in my head. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So it depends on what you really mean by Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, so DC's Captain Marvel was, like, outselling Superman, and they decided that that wasn't cool in the DC world. <laughs> so they, they put him to rest and they let the copyright expire and Marvel Comics snatched it up because they were Marvel Comics. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. What yeah. the hell? So it's a weird deal. So it's sort of like a Green Lantern-ish 
deal. Her powers are basically uh, hyper-powered Iron Man, though, right? Like, you know, shooting stuff out of her hands and flying yeah. around. Yeah, right. Iron Man. But all of but the whole thing of a pilot who, uh, you know, crashes and is imbued with power. An alien gives her the that alien's power. That's like straight up Green Lantern. I mean, it's it's the same yep. origin story. Yeah. So, it, so I yeah. Technically, script wise, I wasn't in love with it. I thought it was just sort of. Uh, well, we got to get this out, and we got to set everything up for the last Avengers movie. That's basically what it felt like. My uh, wife had a different beef with oh, it. Oh, yeah? What um, was that? She's like, so this, now I understand better your reaction to Solo, she says, because uh, she was annoyed by the number of things that were, like, call-outs to other Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Um, you know, the Tesseract shows up. All the business about Fury's Eye. Um, they had the two characters from Guardians of the Galaxy show up. Um, I, I was I was trying to say the difference between Solo and this movie in that respect was Solo answered questions that nobody wanted the answer to. <laughs> How did he get his gun? Yeah. Why is his last name Solo? Nobody cares yeah. about that. The stuff that in Solo that people did care about, you know, hey, what? why was Lando calling him a swindler and why did Han buy it? You know, okay, they at least, yeah, this movie, at least some of the questions were, um, decent, you know, uh, where, how did the Tesseract end up in the base for S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. Um, got answered things like that though i didn't quite get how she got the tesseract that uh captain america dropped there's there's a whole like timeline on the internet you can look you can look it up oh oh i'm sorry one of my other beefs the entire plot of the movie starts out that the scrolls are supposed to be rampaging all over the galaxy but then the plot and the macguffin of the movie is the scrolls need the ability to travel faster than light. Oh yeah. And okay. Okay. Oh god. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In this universe where everyone is, it's like how close do they think planets are to each other? That's that's just alarming to me. How it's like. Well, we're gonna be there in a day. We'd be there sooner if we could travel faster than light. Well, where the fuck are you coming from? That you're gonna be here in a day. The moon yeah. isn't a day away. Yeah. Right now, uh, they established that the Cree use something akin to Babylon Five jump gates, I guess. But but and if you've got that, you don't eh. need to travel at light speed. I, yeah. yeah, so the best I could come up with is you need to be able to travel at light speed to get far enough away from all of the jump gates that they can't get to you, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it really wasn't explained, and it just, it just made no fucking sense. Yeah. I, think, I do think it was a MacGuffin that was created for people who basically know nothing of astronomy, because how, how fast are you traveling now? yeah that bugged the shit out of me well and the other the other thing too and this is part of the whole continuity issue uh is that they set everything up she you know gains her full power understands her deal uh and then goes off to fight the kree right is that the one the blue guys are the kree the scrolls well yeah the kree are the blue guys and the scrolls are the star trek aliens okay I honestly yeah. couldn't keep it to keep it straight. So, 
Skrulls are the bad guys, and you're a Kree, a race of noble warriors. Heroes. Noble warrior heroes. But anyway, uh, so she flies off, and that's the end of the movie. And then so she's technically gone for, what, 25 years or whatever it's been, 24 years, until Thanos shows up. And then Nick Fury finally uses the intergalactic pager, and then she's yeah. and she's here. So, if we do another Captain Marvel movie, is it going to be like her gallivanting around the galaxy, or is the, are they going to yeah. just bring her in and make her the head of the Avengers like they do in the comic books and just well, dispense with I, that? I think the expectation is she's going to be walking all over the Kree, all over the galaxy, or at least that that's what they can always go do. Yeah. But I also do think you're right that she's supposed to kind of take the mantle of of heading up the Avengers. So we'll see. Yeah. And we know that all, all of the phase one Avengers are pretty much retiring now. So makes sense that she would. And at the same time, since she's been gone 24 years, they can do all sorts of flashbacky stuff. And I wonder if if she ties into any of the Guardians of the Galaxy storyline stuff. Because well, she's well, been, well, you would almost have to because they brought back Ronan uh, for sort of the the heavy to give some context. Yeah, well, also to it. was it Jimon Hansu? How you pronounce his name? So he's he, the same guy from the beginning he's of the same Guardians guy, of the Galaxy, yes. right? Okay. Yes. And here's the thing: the last we see of him in this movie, he just kind of got punched out, and he's on the floor of <laughs> yeah, the ship exactly. that all the scrolls are on, like unconscious maybe what what's going how did he get out or yeah does you thank know, does you because yeah because after the scrolls yeah after that was over i'm like was that is he playing the same guy that he was in guardians of Gal- I'm, yeah i'm so confused right now yeah so again i was a blank slate going in uh, just just to add to the confusion we've brought back ronan the accuser and uh hawkeye is now going to become ronan in the this this <laughs> okay okay yeah which is sort of it's like a couple of ronins running around yeah and, and he's going to be yeah. accusing people well yeah well the accuser's <laughs> going to be accusing ronin's yeah. just going to be chopping people up you notice that the accusers don't do much accusing they're more like the bombers yeah yeah well that's a whole th- that's a whole thing where it's 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 a title that ties into the ai and yeah they end up they end up killing the ai and taking over Okay. I, 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 uh, talking about things I loved about this movie, though, I love Annette Benning. She was fucking yeah. great in this. Welcome back, Annette Benning. Like every frame she was in, I was happy to see her. Yeah. Your life began the day it nearly ended. We found you with no memory. We made you one of us. So you could live longer, stronger, superior. Better, happier, more productive. And she wasn't in it a lot, though. That's the bad thing. Yeah, she kind of was. She <sighs> was because she was the supreme intelligence in yeah, a couple I of guess. scenes. I one guess. of which makes no sense, where the supreme intelligence starts beating her up in the Matrix or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. But and she was also Marvel. Marvel. Right? Yeah. Um, no, she had quite a bit in the comics. Marvel is a dude, right? Yeah. Okay, so they did some gender swaps. Okay. I'm just trying to keep it all in my head, you know what I mean? Like I said, I think Marvel is like a title. I mean, okay. it's just like the alien who dies, you know, that that she gets the power from is Marvel. Okay. But it's always been Ms. Marvel, and I I like that it was Ms. Marvel. That was that's something I always thought was interesting. The whole thing started as a 
um, equal time for women comic. It didn't evolve into that the way Wonder Woman did. Yeah. They started as Ms. as in Ms. Magazine, Ms. Yeah. Marvel. And that's the thing I really liked about this movie was I thought that the feminism uh, was solid. And again, uh, white male, I know, but I did check this out with my wife, who at least is a and white female. now mansplaining Ms. <laughs> mansplaining Marvel. Mansplaining No, but in, in seriousness, <sighs> there is no love interest in this movie. Unless right? you count Goose. Well, no, no, which can't you can't count goose. Okay. Um, she's really not even objectified or sexualized in any way in this movie. Yeah. And, yeah. and my wife's point was it was actual feminism in that nothing that happens to her that, you know, was her pain, like falling off the bike or, you know, having trouble in the military, or the go-karts, none of that is intrinsically gendered. It's not female specific yeah. stuff yeah. that it could happen yeah. to anybody. I thought the yeah. same thing. It didn't. Re- it was not. You know, women know how to pick themselves back up. It was people do. Yeah, and right. I had an early uh, beef. Like I, Chris had said that I thought the that we got Thelma and Louise, um, and I realized I was totally wrong. I, I I took issue with the idea that her problem in the beginning is her emotions. She needs to get in control of her emotions, you know, like all crybaby girls do. And I was like, that's not cool. The more I thought about it, I was like, no, no, no. That's what the baddies are Uh telling her because they're assholes. And in the end, when he tries to pull the, okay, now let's see if you could just defeat me on your own and conquer your emotions. And she says, I don't have to fucking do that. I shoot lasers out of my hands, stupid. Well, and it's yeah, very with remarkable precision. Yeah. She can, yeah. in one scene, destroy a capital ship, but then also just hit him just hard enough that he can fly across the desert and hit a mountain, but not get squished. Right? Like she's <laughs> got a lot of control and finesse. That's why she's going to take out Thanos? No, but man. Yeah, it's, Squirrel it's... Girl needs to take out Thanos. <laughs> Good yes. luck. Good yes. luck with that. But this, but you you bring up an interesting point with all of the gaslighting <laughs> because it's it's very. I don't well maybe not subtle is the right word for it but it you know they start in the beginning where they're where it's Jude Law and Brie Larson having their little spar fight uh and he's telling her you got to keep control of your emotions and this and that so it's very much like a gaslighting situation where they're trying to mold her into be a you know seen and not heard kind of thing and then by the end of the movie she's like yeah eat a dick yeah. literally and uh and just doing uh, whatever she wants. So it's not literally because it's not like she has a penis to put in well, his mouth. I, well, when I say literally, I mean figuratively. Oh, oh, yeah, that's totally not the way to use that word. <laughs> oh, really? It's literally yeah. not the way to use literally. <laughs> Damn it! I need to go read a dictionary. But uh, figuratively, <laughs> figuratively, Chris, figuratively, uh, eat a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I literally will after we finish. Uh, really be figurative about it though <laughs> so but but the fact that it, now that you mention it now i'm looking back at the progression of the story and she's she is getting gaslit through the entire movie until pretty much the end uh which i didn't really register so much watching it or maybe she's still getting gaslit and the Cree are actually the good guys and twist. <laughs> yeah. So do you do you buy this thing that it's it's a feminist movie? Uh like do you think it's fair that it's getting compared to say Wonder Woman just because it's a movie with a female lead? Again, because it doesn't pander, I'd say yes. Okay. Yeah. I would say Wonder Woman and this are both in 
just by existing they as 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 superhero movies that are typically led by dudes where the lead is now a woman just by that they're feminist women can make middling action films just as well as men can i think that's really the feminist statement i think cynthia rothrock proves that more than anything but yeah Yeah. this isn't a shitty action film a la like halle berry and catwoman right this is this is just a movie and it doesn't fail or succeed based on her being a woman Right. Yet it's feminist in that a little girl watching it can be like fuck yeah I want to be her so you know and yeah. and all that and and hopefully it drives home the point that god damn it they should make a Black Widow movie which is slated they're making it yeah it's and, in it's in production and they she was fighting for that for a long ass time yeah. and they're like ah nobody wants to see broads well I think it's interesting that that the Marvel universe is sort of troublesome when it comes to their female heroes so they're great as sort of secondary characters albeit strong secondary characters but they never really bury bear the brunt of the weight of the stories Mm -hmm. uh and then you see like ant-man and the wasp last year that's the first time that marvel has even had a female character in the title which Mm -hmm. sort of paves way for captain marvel uh and then moving on from there to to whatever so i'm hoping we'll see more of that uh they're mm-hmm. getting well, they're definitely getting more iron diverse. man 3 at face value pepper potts is the second most powerful marvel character yeah. but you know Until like they, she does anything with that yeah Goop. and there was there if you if you watch and you know going back to marvel tv agent carter actually was yeah you know very proto-feminist um mostly in saying you know guys are douchebags when they don't recognize <laughs> talent which is true yeah I just don't think it's fair that you get the reviews coming out saying, move over, Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel's here. It's like, well, nobody said that about Iron Man when Captain America showed up. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, oh, look out, Iron Man, here comes Captain America. People just said, okay. okay Which movie I mean? did you like better, Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel? Captain ah, Marvel. Captain Marvel. It was way more Same fun. here. So move yeah. over, Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder Woman was an awful movie. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I did feel weird saying that too much because people then think, you know, oh, because you don't like an action movie starring a woman? No, I no. fucking love that. This was just a shitty movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... Uh, a- yeah, it's like saying, you know, oh, you don't, you don't like Affleck as a Batman? No! no. This is just a <laughs> shitty movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a fuck who of plays Batman not. in a shitty Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, kind of the same thing, yeah. So, it, it, but it's still troublesome that, that they kind of make it apples and oranges kind of a thing. But if it's a dude-fronted action flick, then nobody really gives a shit. Mm-hmm. But if it's female-centric, then suddenly you got to compare it to every other female movie that had well, an action here. You know Black what I mean? Panther, they did that too. It's it's not just about female, it's about underrepresentation. Yeah. Right? Fucking white privilege. God damn it. Men. But so well, it, it, it This movie did did one scene and I was I was so excited about it and then the the scene just let me down. Um they they have this overpowered character and it's the Superman problem that I I wrestled with in the game days is like how do you give Superman something interesting to do when he can pretty much just take care of anything real quick-like. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And and so they have the accusers just fire a fuck ton of missiles at the Earth, and I'm like, oh, that's a Superman problem. How are you going to deal with that? Right? Fly backwards. And, Fly backwards. Yeah. And and so I got really excited when that scene started. I'm like, oh shit, they're going to have to solve a Superman problem. And then all she did is take one of the missiles, throw it the other, and they all blew up. And I'm like, bullshit. God damn it. <laughs> Boo. Are you saying that Missile Command was bullshit? Yeah, I think that's what uh, I heard. I mean, that's exactly I, what she I, okay. did. <laughs> yeah. In fairness, I said this to my buddy who was in the army. He's like, "What did you think flak cannons were?" You know, yeah. and okay, fine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> snap! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the other uh, bit that I liked, and I just need to touch on it because I did work at Blockbuster Video for a good chunk of the '90s, and they do a whole sequence when she comes back to Earth and crashes through the roof of the Blockbuster. And mm-hmm. uh, and I have to tell you that they nailed it to a T. They did. Uh, but apparently, they filmed that at the last surviving blockbuster video in Bend, Oregon. So did it's they? an yeah. So it's that a, wasn't it's, a set. No, that was a real blockbuster, which that is why it looks sense. so good. I thought it was digital, and I kept looking, going, "God, they really uh, uh, they got all the right movies." Yeah, they weren't in alphabetical order, but well, they were recognizable. But as, <laughs> as someone who worked there, uh, we didn't give a shit about that. Uh, so that's actually very true. Okay. But they were all VHS too, which was uh, yeah. accurate. And well, like- and I and I like the fact that she was surprised by the standee for True Lies which had just come out on video at the time of this movie. I looked it up. It also is thematically <laughs> relevant. Yeah. So, la-di-da. But, uh, yeah, I just thought it was funny that uh, that they nailed it so much. So it was a nice touch, uh, and I thank them for that. Because nothing says 90s like the blockbuster video. And I do think this shows why they don't do a whole lot of Gen X patronizing in other art forms, because all we do is just rip the shit out of them for <laughs> yeah, really. it. Yeah, really. We don't appreciate it. We don't it. care. <laughs> this, is, this isn't for us. This is for the 90s kids. We're, yeah. we're too old for this. Um, yeah. I, wa- I want to call out the Stan Lee cameo. First of all, the Marvel the, the Studios intro. Yeah. intro yeah. Did you get a little so weepy? Classy. Did you get a little that weepy? That was beautiful. I, f- I found no. like I found a, a little mist uh, for like two seconds, and then really? I got over. Yeah, and then I got over it. Yeah, no, but I I I thought that yeah, that is classy. And then I was like, I I wonder which movie had the Jack Kirby Marvel intro. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> that would have been fair. Yeah. Would it though? Well, you know. So here's the. Th- Here's the thing, though. I hope this was the last cameo for him, because that was a perfect send-off. And the cameo that they made... <laughs> yeah. So, the actual yeah, cameo, no, he's sitting on having a corpse the in the next movie is really going to be gross anyway. Well, they, they're de-aging technology. Clearly, yeah. we could have Carrie Fisher showing up in, in all these movies. Yeah. Um, if you can put but, Christopher Lee in Rogue One, then you can do anything. So, but, but his, his cameo is him rehearsing his lines for the movie Mallrats. And I was reading a thing on Polygon.com that says, this is problematic because now in the Marvel Cinematic (laughs) Universe, Stan Lee, the actual Stan Lee, exists, going to do a role where he plays in that movie Mallrats, Stan Lee talking about creating the Marvel Comics characters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It reminds me of an issue of Spider-Man I did. When Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy went lingerie shopping, of course, the Green Goblin showed up, and he pumpkin-bombed the hell out of the place. But aside from that, it's pretty much the same thing. 
Oh my god. Holy shit! Aren't you? Oh, Stanley. Hi. It's well again it and it leads into a very important point about this movie is that I think they were more focused on just getting audience fun. Yeah. Rather than yeah. thinking about how it was all going to be knit together. No all the, scrutiny at all. Yeah, cuz cuz <laughs> yeah. all the stuff with the with Goose uh as as a flurkin uh while fun and amusing I I walked away just going this doesn't really have much bearing on the overall story because really it's just there to swallow the tesseract as a as a laugh getter uh, yeah. did you call the final end credit scene by the way during the credits uh not until i saw the cat jump up on the desk oh, and then i'm like i totally okay. called it i'm like okay we're gonna get a hairball well that's the thing that i think i i texted you this it's it's like chekhov's gun like if you show a gun somewhere in the the middle of the movie then by the third act it will have been fired and so it's like if you show a cat swallowing the tesseract somewhere in the second act, then it's going to cough it up like a hairball by the yeah. end. <laughs> I mean, it's that's just a given. Uh, but it was just stuff like that, and then all of the the cloying. Uh, is this where Fury loses his eye? Oh no! Okay, it's coming. I know it's coming. Uh, and then you find out that he loses his eye because he actually gets scratched. You see, uh, when they do things like that, it makes you like realize how little shit they have on the shelf. That they have to keep <laughs> exactly. tagging yeah. the same joke. Yeah. It's so sad. Here, here's a question, though. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, do cats exist, or are they all flurkins? Well, I think there are flurkins, but there are also cats. Because apparently the flurkin is from some comic run How of do we Captain know Marvel. they're not all all the cats on Earth are actually flurkins, and they really are the superior race. They could be. That's well, then how, then how do you explain cat physiology and people sort of doing veterinary work on them? I thought about this. I've never I'm like, seen so, cat physiology in the Marvel Cinematic Universe before. So, so basically, it's, just, so basically it's a giant Area 51 cover-up by veterinarians everywhere? Well, shit, a um, bunch of scrolls fell out of the sky and are all over the planet at the beginning yeah, okay. of the movie. Why not Flurkins? I, I, think, okay. I think you're missing the obvious truth that all cats actually are Flurkins. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, they're pointing out something we should know, yeah. but uh, we, we didn't hear that particular Art Bell episode. Oh. <laughs> so I actually, Ooh, good call. I actually went back and saw this movie a second time because I took my son to see it. And okay. the second time through... It's a lot of fun because every time the cat is looking at anybody, you realize the cat is making a conscious choice. Should I eat you right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's my and that's probably my biggest beef overall with the film structurally is that you've got the most powerful superhero yet in the Marvel canon and the movie is upstaged by a fucking cat. Don't get me wrong, I like cats, I love cats, and I'm happy to see them take over, but this turned into Cat from Outer Space almost for me mm. at some point. And it I'm, actually does the Groot thing where it yeah. grabs the guys and waves them around. Yeah. yeah. So it's just yeah. a lot of repurposed stuff. So that's uh, early when I said this is not a standalone. I mean, they literally cribbed even from themselves, and it was unfortunate because I think they had a lot more potential to make something more out of this, and it kind of left me flat. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, final thoughts? Uh, it's going to make for a lot of more uninteresting Marvel movies now that they've got an overpowered superhero. 
Yeah. Why do anything mm. when you can just call in the captain? <laughs> That's true. I said I captain. Mean, I said what? I said, I said what? captain. I said what? Say what you want. Well, the other thing, too, is were you happy with Brie Larson's performance overall or not? I thought she was funnier than expected. Okay. My wife thought that she looked really uncomfortable all yeah. the time, like that that outfit yeah. was just not fun to be in. Yeah, and she seemed really like, stiff in her line deliveries and things. There were a couple times where she loosened up and it was kind of fun, but for the most part, she just didn't seem like she was really there. She had a lot of sarcasm that was good. Yeah. She was the daughter in, um, uh, what was it? Something of Tara. The, the, the uh, it was a Showtime show with a woman who oh. had multiple personalities. Oh, the one with uh, uh, Tony Collette? Yeah. Okay. And she always had a sort of hipper than thou kind of um, detachment yeah. that I think she still has. I'm not sure if it's good or bad, but I like that she wasn't mugging. I like that she wasn't acting with a capital A. She was, yeah. you know, just she. It, it's kind of like she was a witness to her own story. Yeah. Well, so, but I've seen her, Alamo Drafthouse took the piss out of her because before the movie at Alamo, you saw a montage of several of her music videos from her early 2000s pop days where she was a pop singer. Oh dear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get out of my space and remember this face because it's not who I want to be. Oh. At the end of the day, I got something to say. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's like, yeah, Disney Channel Avril Lavigne kind of, it's bad. Yeah. Oh, she she's a Robin Sparkles. Holy shit. I kind of is, this. yeah. I'm Let's go to the mall. That's how we're ending this show, right? We're gonna hey. we're gonna play some pop hits from uh are, are we though? Are we though? For, from Bilar. <laughs> but I did want to uh touch on one final thing, uh, because we've been talking about how it's female centric, this and that. Uh can you name the the top female action performances that would be better than this? Uh, Atomic Blonde. It was about to say Atomic Blonde. Yeah, and that was and definitely that Mac, the, the, Max Fury Road. I mean, Charlize yeah. Theron owns exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. Charlize Theron in the modern era owns the the action hero. I don't and care she Tom had, Cruise or other. She just and owns she it. had the first big failure of a uh, female action hero with Aeon Flux. That's true. That was kind of the one yeah. where people said, "Not nah, women can't carry action movies." See, yeah. yeah. Which was the Bond film with Michelle Yeoh? Was that Tomorrow Never Dies? Yes. Um, her character in that was pretty awesome. Yeah, or Crouching Tiger. Yeah. Sure. Um, but, you know, I think the the modern era, and by modern era, I mean our sort of age bracket, uh, <laughs> definitely Sigourney Weaver as Ripley oh, yeah. is oh, up yeah. there, followed by Linda Hamilton in Terminator. Although, really, yeah. when you're talking about, um, oh, see, I can't remember his name, the guy who made all those James alien Cameron. movies James. no, Rid- no the, ridley, ridley scott no the guy who directed 48 hours the uh, walter hill yeah the walter hill universe everyone has a dick i mean it, the, <laughs> in that true. way that's ridley true. is feminist only because everyone in those movies is just angry yeah. and knows better than you yeah 
Well, yeah, and you, but James Cameron did, uh, I think, prove that he was good at putting uh, female heroes on the screen. Yeah, but then he does stuff like Jamie Lee Curtis and True Lies. That's and sort of, true. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> and then he goes and makes fucking Avatar. So James Cameron's sort of out of the equation for me. And then when uh, they everyone talks about you know, Wonder Woman is a feminist movie, which again, I don't agree with. He has to say shit like, that wasn't a feminist action movie. Now, when I made the Terminator movies, that <laughs> yeah. was a, go fuck yourself. Yeah, eat him. You don't yeah. have enough attention? Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's issues. Uh, but I, yeah, part of me sort of detached watching Captain Marvel, and I just started thinking about all of the other uh, part action of me heroes. Detached, crawled yeah. away, withered, and died watching yeah. Captain Marvel. No, <laughs> so I was just I was distracted by other things uh, just because of its narrative flaws. Yeah, I think my my ultimate uh, decision on this movie was I would rather have been surprised. Because movies, when I do really enjoy them, it's a surprise. And I also understand how (laughs) difficult it is to make a surprise, especially when you're doing something as formulaic as this. This is the, you know, Nestle Toll House cookies of films. Yeah. I would agree. It's... It's immediately forgettable. It's fine. It's worth going to see. It's better than a lot of the movies I go see, but it's not essential in any way. Yeah. yeah. And again, no stakes because you know what's going to happen in Endgame. So, whatever. You remember how we were all bored by, maybe this is just Brian and I, but remember how we were just really getting bored with the whole Bond thing, and then Casino Royale happened, oh, and yeah. we went, whoa, oh, that's right, you can do this well. Yeah, because apart I'm from- I'm waiting uh, for that. Yeah, I'm waiting for that with Marvel. Because apart well, from we got Goldeneye- it with, uh, with Winter Soldier, I think Winter Soldier shook shook us up pretty good, but yeah. it's, mm-hmm. been a, it's been a while. Been a, yeah. It's been a while. There it is. It's been a while. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, so, okay. Well, you brought up that then, Brian. So uh, maybe as a closer, because uh, you've sort of ranked this mid to bottom of yeah. the MCU, if I understood you correctly. So what would your say your top three Marvel films out of all 21 so far be? Uh, the first Avengers is my number one. The first Captain so, America? Uh, no, not the first Captain America. The, the, the oh, first, the, the, the first Winter Soldier. Avengers. Yeah. Winter Soldiers is is number two for me. Okay, and I don't know. Infinity War was better than people um, than people remember. Infinity it's War still, is it's huge. still a slog. It's still a slog for me. I would be tough. I I think again, any one scene in Infinity War would be the scene in any other movie. It's it's <laughs> the like yeah. the biggest fucking movie. Yeah, it's a little bloaty, but that's all right. Uh, no, mm. but after, no, Ragnarok goes above Infinity War because Ragnarok. Oh, does it go above Captain America: Winter Soldier? Mm. For me, it does. I think Eric and I might be pretty similar, but for me, it's it's Ragnarok, Winter Soldier, uh, and then probably the first Avengers movie. Mm. Oh, oh, we're doing three or four. Whatever. Well, yeah. I thought you said four. <laughs> uh, Four's good. Okay. It's a nice round number. Right. I would say Iron Man just because it is, you know, the first. It's what it not just the first, but it did it the best. Everything has basically tried to do Iron Man ever since. Yeah. Uh but yeah, Iron Man, um the second Captain America, um first Avengers and 
Oh, God. Say Ragnarok. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say Ragnarok. I like <laughs> Ragnarok, but it's not. It, 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 I like it as its own, as a white okay. TV film. It's not I like. Gotcha. Yeah. But, Iron um, Man 3. <laughs> Iron Man 3 gets a lot of shit, but I think it's a worthwhile film. You, you know, I saw Iron Man 3 in the theater with Eric, and he was like furious about the Mandarin. <laughs> when is Eric not furious? Yeah, I'm just dumb. I think it was. I can't even. Yeah, I can't remember the number of times I've sat with him through a movie and just turned around and he's like grinding his teeth because he's so mad. <laughs> yeah, that's just Eric. Oh uh, yeah, I can't enjoy nothing. Yeah, just, yeah. I okay. Don't know. All right. Well, yeah. are you going to see Captain Marvel two Electric Boogaloo? Do you mean End Game? End Game? End Game. Uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever they do with this character next yeah i mean would you be excited for it or would it be like oh it's another ant-man uh, I'll, I'll wait till it's on netflix yeah i feel, Probably I feel good you call. i'll go okay. see it because i i'm a whore yeah and we're not <laughs> yeah and we're not dissing captain marvel because we're white dudes that want to bombard rotten tomatoes yeah. with shitty reviews because we think we're being threatened by our, a woman and yeah, and no. bear in mind, I I was a fan of the uh, Ms. Marvel comic. I was really looking forward to this. I actually went to a theater. I haven't seen a Marvel movie in a theater in years because who gives a shit? And now I'm like, well, this is why. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Okay. <laughs> well, any last thoughts related to Captain Marvel? Any last, last thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> How about any last thoughts yeah. after the last thoughts? Yeah, if you if you if you want to tell us that we're a bunch of white privileged assholes, uh, <laughs> go to our website maghuge.com. That's m-a-g-h-u-g-e.com, and there you can find ways to to yell at us. You can tweet us on Twitter at maghuge, or you can unlike us on Facebook, where we're the magnificently huge podcast. But we prefer that you share it. Tell you. We'll be sure to tell you to smile a little more, Buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 